Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Brian Murphy, Kendrick Johnson, and Devin Hassan. Uh, gentlemen, it is a Thursday, so let's pick up where we left off on Monday and let's keep talking some of the surprises that have, uh, that we've noticed so far in, uh, in high school basketball. We talked on Monday about some of the uh, the notable surprises on the girls' side. We're going to shift gears and now talk about some of the things that have kind of caught our attention on the boys' side, things that we might not necessarily have uh, thought coming into the season, but either, whether it's a certain player or a team or some aspect of the district, just something about these first, uh, you know, these first couple months of the season that has just surprised us. Simply put, so um, I don't know, Brian, where did you? I mean, yeah, your your pick of the litter at six A is not exactly what it is at five A, <laughs> but um, as far as um, just surprises go, um, um, just kind of where where did you kind of land as far as um, just something that surprised you, be it over in Frisco or Prosper or wherever? Well, first, I mean, to go kind of go with Prosper to start off, uh, I'm not surprised, but I. I knew we all knew Prosper would be good. We all knew, you know, guys like Mondo Battle and, and those guys would take another step, you know, going in, into their senior year. But I didn't know that Prosper would be, you know, this good. At least, sure. you know, being in their second year in six A, you know, their state rank, they're number seventeen in the state. Um, only losses this year are to Lancaster, Richardson, and now Allen, and those are three really, really good teams, all state ranked as well. Lancaster is number one in five A. Um, Allen, you know, they could win state in six A. Um, so really, just you know, I'm, I'm kind of impressed. I'm maybe not surprised, but more impressed than than Prosper's you know hot start. You know, heading into the the heat of district play and. But, you know, going over into Frisco, there, there's been a lot of surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, some weird things going on in Frisco. I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Liberty and Lone Star, they've been traditionally the two best teams, um, obviously on the girls' side, but on the boys' side as well over the last two years. You know, Liberty's had the district MVP the last two years. Uh, Lone Star's had, you know, right at, you know, a district MVP caliber players and Julian Larry and Marvin Mims and, and those guys. Well, I knew Lone Star would take a bit of a step back this year. I didn't think they'd be, you know, three and five, and you know, although they could still make the playoffs in in nine five a with you know a million games still left on, on the schedule, it doesn't look good, you know, just based off the teams that are ahead of them and you know how well they've performed. Um, so I'm not super surprised by Lone Star, but I am surprised by Liberty. Okay. Um, Liberty, they have an identical three and five record, and yeah, they lost to Zion uh, Richardson, who's playing at Walford, the two-time district MVP I, I just brought up. You know, but they have Makai Abi. You know, he's uh, a district MVP candidate. Of, you know, I, I thought one of the frontrunners coming into the year. Um, he's a D1 college basketball player. He's going to Liberty University next year, so sticking with Liberty um, uh, going into next year as well. But. I, I'm surprised they're not in the playoff mix. You know, you have Frisco at five and three, who's really made a surge as of late. Mm-hmm. I, I believe they're on a, a three-game winning streak. Um, I saw them beat Reedy uh, last week. Memorial, 
I knew they'd be in the mix. I, I, I thought they'd be, you know, where I th- the two teams that I'm about to mention, who are the real surprise of this district, of standing atop the district uh, standings. I thought Memorial would be up top. I thought they'd be somewhere around 6-2 and two right now at, at the midway point. Um, but they've, they've had some injuries. Um, they're still young. Um, and they're 4-4. Four and four. They, they had some really good wins in non-districts. Mm-hmm. So I really thought they could be, you know, a district title favorite um, in 9-5A. But, you know, they're still in the playoff mix. But Wakeland and Independence are running the show in 9-5-8. Like, where, would you, where would you have put Wakeland heading into the season? Three or four. Okay. They were the four seed last year. Mm-hmm. I believe they lost to North uh, in the first round last yes, year. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was expected. They're, they're, they're a very physical team, though. Yeah, they, they're physical, and they were young last year. They had a lot of sophomores and juniors playing heavy minutes, uh, and they returned most of their starting lineup. And Cooper Cisco, I, I mentioned him on the pod, I believe it was last week or the week before. He's been awesome. Nice jumper. Uh, he's got a great shot, great jump shot. He dropped 33 uh, in, a, in a rare loss to Liberty. Their lone loss is to Liberty. That doesn't really make sense, you know, but they're, they're seven and one in, in district, and it was a 68 62 loss. Like I said, Cooper Cisco dropped 33 that game. Um, but they've pulled out a lot of close wins. Um, so the, the, that seven and one very well could be, you know, four and four, five and three type deal, but they're closing out these close games, you know, against the Memorials, against the, you know, the Centennials, and they play Independence. Uh, tomorrow night in what should be a, a really, really good game. And Independence, they're 6-2. and two. This was not a playoff team a year ago mm-hmm. in a really good district. And here they are, 6-2. and two. I haven't seen Independence play in person yet, so I, I got to see, you know, the moving parts there and what's kind of going on, what's made them so successful. But, you know, Wakeland and Independence uh, are running the district so far. And Centennial, I haven't mentioned them. You know, they're 5-3, and three, currently tied with Frisco for the third place. They weren't a playoff team last year. I've seen, I saw them play. Uh, they're a senior-heavy team. Um, a lot of experience. It's translated uh, so far into the 2019-2020 season. So a lot, a lot can still happen. You know, there's still realistically six teams fighting for four spots. But Wakeland and Independence have been a surprise for sure. I feel like the more high schools that Frisco adds, the more you should see this kind of fluctuation year to year, where you don't see as many constants as far as who the. Uh, well, tell that the to the girls. <laughs> I know it's it's strange, but um, but yeah, nevertheless, yeah, yeah, that's would not have all been where what a. I guess would have uh, expected no, a lot of first not at all. see so far in boys basketball. Um, let's see, Devin, where did you land on this man? What's something about um, you know Garland ISD, Saxe Rowland, or Mesquite ISD that has surprised you so far? Well, one I guess quickly on ten six say it's shaping up to be about as chaotic as we thought. With no, I mean picking up where football but, left off. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, one note on a team that's not in our coverage area, but that does have local ties is uh, South Garland. Everybody kind of wondered what they were going to be oh, able yeah. to do this year after For losing sure. Tyrese Maxey and after losing uh, Chris Harris Jr. Future NBA and, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, uh, and they just thought, wow, South Garland's going to go straight to the bottom. Uh, had a coaching change with Dominique Parker leaving. Well, they took a, a guy that I know well, PJ Randall, who I thought did a really good job over. North Mesquite, and I had a chance to see them play on Tuesday, and um, they are able to beat Saxe, a playoff caliber Saxe team. Um, they got four freshmen on their varsity, and their two best players, uh, Justin McBride, a 6'5 forward, mm-hmm. and TJ Brown. So they have some talent that came in. They got a nice senior class, and um, again, this was a crazy game because they were up 20-5 to five after one quarter, and they were down eight heading to the fourth, and then they com- they closed the game on a 24-5 to five run and went by 11. Oh. So, yeah, it was How does that back and forth. But, uh, you know, P.J. Randall, he, like I said, I really like the job he did at North Mesquite, and now he's got South Carolina at 3-1, and one, and they're in that upper tier right now in, in mm-hmm. 10-6A, which is going to go back and forth to the end. In. But uh, the main, my team that I, I was kind of focusing on is over in 11-6A, and uh, that's the Mesquite Skeeters, the lone undefeated team in 11-6A. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they, uh, this is a team that wasn't even picked to make the playoffs in the uh, preseason poll. 
Um, you know, they started with wins after North Mesquite and Tyler Lee. That was kind of expected to mm -hmm. uh, to win those games. But they kind of made a statement uh, on Rock, at, uh, against Rockwall on Tuesday. These were the two lone undefeateds coming in. And uh, Mesquite's down 25-11 to 11 at halftime, so it doesn't look good. But they're able to collect themselves in Riley and win 47-40. to 40. So, uh, for now, that leaves them alone atop the standings. Uh, you know, we talked about DeAndre Heath before as a senior guard. He scored 25 on Tuesday. He scored 20 in each of their three district wins. Uh, just a, a go-to guy that, that, you know, senior that they need. Uh, Xavier Golightly is another 6'4 senior. Uh, you know, they got some experience. Charles Washington, Gerald Thompson, uh, guys like Braylon Hall, uh, Jalen Wadley, Quaylen Teague have kind of made some nice contributions here lately. So, you know, Mesquite's put themselves uh, in the conversation at least. I mean, they should be in the conversation every season. Mm -hmm. I mean, they made the playoffs 16 out of the last 17 years. Okay. But not a lot of people were talking about them this year. And again, they weren't even, even picked to to make the playoffs in the preseason poll. That being said, we'll learn a lot more about Mesquite in the next in the upcoming week because they have Longview on the road mm -hmm. Friday, a Longview team that was picked to win the district, and then they have Horn on the road Tuesday, a Horn team that's kind of bounced in and out of the state rankings and uh, we've both seen as his a very talented team. So uh, we'll see what happens over the next week. But for now, Mesquite alone in first place. Yeah. Talk about teams that I guess we'll learn a bit more about in the uh, in the days to come, Kendrick. That's uh, that's kind of what I feel like we're um, we're at that juncture now with. McKinney, where they're about to enter the biggest week of their season with games against Prosper and against Allen. Um, whether it was the Lions or McKinney Boyd, where did you kind of land as far as a, a surprise right now in the district? A little bit of both. Well, Boyd, they're very competitive. They're a team that they're going to upset somebody. I don't know whose number they're going to pull. It could be Allen. It could be Prosper. I was about to say, why are you looking at me like that? Were you, you giving him a look? How did I know you were going to say that? Because Crosstown Showdown, I've seen lesser talented um, what if it's McKinney? Teams, they, they, they can be coming on. Crosstown Showdown, you literally throw the red caps, no matter what sport it is, mm -hmm. out the window, and they hook up tomorrow at Boyd. So I would not be shocked if they walked away with the win because they played very good that court. But overall, it goes to the McKinney Lions when they had that, that double, the, the, the Kobe's, Jacoby, Campbell. The <laughs> double Kobe's. <laughs> uh, Jacoby <laughs> Walter is special. Uh, you, you would like this. I know you're a social media guy. Guess who he's followed by on social media? Give me a hint. He's the most famous kid in, in, in the... Luka Doncic. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. RJ Robert. Hampton? Oh, really? Yeah, so he, he's, so he got some low clout really? social media, but he's got the game to go with it. I, I would you, be very surprised. Do you know how they know each other? or huh? Do you know if they, if they know each other personally? Or you uh, just why, why MBL circuit more likely? Because uh -huh. he's one of the top freshmen um, on, in the nation. But um, Jacoby Walters averaged 17, 18 points. He, uh, if he does not do coming here, I don't know what is. But they have him. They have Devin Vincent, who's one of the top sophomores in the nation combined. And then you got Alice Okuake making plays. Mm -hmm. For me, the, but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, keep the, going, the thing that's gonna be the, That's going to be critical for me when they play against Prosper and they play against Allen is how do they play consistently. Like, they were down last game to Jesuit 21-10. to 10. You cannot do that against Prosper or Allen. That's going to be a hard hole to come out of. Mm -hmm. So, and then they outscored them uh, 43 to 21 in the second half and won by 11 points. Mm -hmm. So, that whole, I won't say inconsistency, but the tell it to half stuff will be very interesting to see how they do that against Prosper and Allen and see what they match up. Because you, you see the specialness and you can see the, the youngness all in one 
one game. Because they had their district opener. They went to overtime against Plano. We were able to pull that one out oh, there. That was because they were up by like eight with like three minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And that was blue that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plano had a huge fourth quarter to make a comeback there. And then uh, they were down heading into the fourth quarter against Plano West. So they've had moments where you think like, I mean, they are, what is it, 4-0 right now. But it could yeah. very well be, a, you know, 2-2 two and two or something like that. Yeah, but, hey, cool. credit to them for being able to pull that out yeah, because so that's. Down by 11, but you end up winning by 11. Then come by telling two halves. And it's put them in a spot now where they're. T- oh, they're probably should they be Boyd? I almost say I don't say cakewalk because you want to assume them, but they're in great position to lock that. I feel like yeah, for a top three seed right now, it does feel like we at least have an idea as to who the three best teams in nine six A are between Allen, Prosper, and uh, and uh, McKinney. Now, as far as the order of finish, well, who knows? Like I said, McKinney still has to play yeah, both those teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's beyond that though. Beyond those three, that has just been I've been racking my brain for. You know, for weeks trying to figure out who the heck is the fourth best team in this district. There is so much gray area right yeah. now in this district, and that's what has surprised me. How we're not seeing playing game. <laughs> we're not seeing any separation. And as far as like the results have been, you know, kind of a inconsistent game four to game. Points and here, three points here. You look, I guess, technically based on the standings, the four seed right now. If the playoffs were to start, you know, in five, in five minutes, it would be Plano East. Plano East, who was, I guess, I think unanimously picked to finish last by us <laughs> at the end of the season. And Plano East, is, it's, it's an interesting case study with them because they didn't really have their full complement of players until, like, mid-December. You know, I saw them in a non-district game against Flower Mound, and Flower Mound, who's, you know, one of the uh, one of the district title contenders over in 6XA, they had their way with Plano East, and then talking with head coach Matt Wester, it was, I believe, either the first or second game back for their um, their top return, their top you know returning player, uh, Evan Williams. And he was, he was still trying to get his sea legs under him, get his conditioning back up. But it wasn't really until mid-December that they finally had the rotation that they envisioned. So you're thinking like, okay, I mean, you got two weeks left until district starts, coach. I mean, that's not exactly a, you know, obviously, a, you know, it's out of, out of his control and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, definitely put East behind a bit of an eight ball. But they've had some really, really encouraging results. They, I mean, they've got the leg up now on both the other Plano schools. They, um, you know, they beat Plano uh, Senior last week. And then they had a really dramatic finish against Plano West. Um, Evan Williams, who I just mentioned, he had a, a, a game-winning shot with like five seconds left. They ended up winning that game by one point. Um, he had a uh, he had the game-winning shot, and then I believe he uh, he blocked the uh, the attempted uh, go-ahead shot. But kind of like that uh, that sequence that Kawhi Leonard had against the Rockets a couple years ago on uh, on James Harden. Um, but yeah, so Plano East is all of a sudden now they're two and two in district, and they're tied with Plano um, for uh, for fourth place. But then 500 and above is going to be key, yeah. whoever gets in. And then, uh, you know, like Plano's another team that, uh, you know, just kind of flew under the radar a bit heading in a district, and then they were able to pick up some encouraging results with, um, you know, with the one especially over Jesuit, which they were able to pick up over the weekend, a pretty convincing one over Jesuit at that. Uh, Bryce Bristow had, I believe, 18 points in that game. He's been one of the most improved players in the entire district this season. So Plano's, you know, looks like they might be turning the thing around. Um, the team that's kind of fallen back that I think we all expected to be in that mix was Jesuit. And it's kind of one again. They have not. No, yeah, them and Plano West are tied for last place right now at 0 and 4. Um, and with Jesuit, like uh, you know, obviously we knew that they graduated all those you know, those star seniors last year, but it's a, one of those programs you just kind of gave the benefit of the doubt because they've made the playoffs 13 consecutive they, years. They, they, they flipped from football for football. Then this year's basketball yeah. version, the last year's football version. It was like it was the mistake <coughs> they made last year when we were trying to get a feel for, for what. No, I, I was thinking soccer actually. Oh because, yeah, because yeah, Jesuit. Oh, Je- yeah, Jesuit soccer is about. 
about as you know storied a program as it gets in the Dallas area, and then they were able to miss the playoffs last year just because they didn't have the depth. And that's I think what we're seeing is like, the, listen, Jesuit still has guys. You know, Gavin Perryman and Daryl Brown are two really really solid players, but the rest of that rotation is essentially guys who saw minutes on JV last year, and you're just kind of seeing that it takes a little bit more than that to hang in. You know, in a district like 96A, it might have worked when they were in you know in the Capel district with the Richardson ISD schools and whatnot these last uh, couple of years. 96A is just a different animal. So um, yeah, Jesuits falling on hard times. Plano West might have. There, there are not too many teams in the state that have had a more hard luck start to district than Plano West, who is 0-4 and they've lost their four games by a combined 12 points. I mean, I just yeah, talked. And then they missed the two, the two best players, right? They had, yeah, I mean, See, they, they, they get that karma for that state champion, but they ain't none of my business, though. I don't even know how about that up. Um, yeah, nevertheless, Plano West. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I mean, I saw them at the start of the season. You know, they're in their season opener against uh, against Hebron, and it was a t- like they essentially had it was Grant Presley, Chase Ross, and then a bunch of guys who were still figuring out so what it meant to be on varsity. Um, so they've, but but since then though, they've. I mean, they looked rough against Hebron because it was their first game in the circumstances. Like, yeah, that's kind of what you expect. But they've had some really encouraging results since then. You saw them, Brian, take down Frisco Memorial, who was ranked top ten in the state in five A at the time. And again, they've been in all these games and they. They've played, you know, they, they took Boyd to overtime in their district opener, lost that one by three. Then they lose, they were beating McKinney heading into the fourth quarter. They lose that one by four. They took Prosper to the wire, lost that one by four. And then, then they have the uh, the, the last uh, second loss to Plano East. So <laughs> West has got to be, if West could just close out a game, then they're all of a sudden in the playoff mix. Is they Corey Young, some guys like, kind of like McKinney, guys I don't. I think when I when I talked to the West coach, what's his name again? Anthony Morgan. Anthony Morgan. Um, he said they really inexperienced except for Grant Presley. Yeah, it's Presley and Chase, Chase Ross got some Chase Ross, good minutes. The left-handed point guard, one yeah. of the car, yeah. In um, yeah, Presley against Memorial, he hit a game winner with like five seconds left, yeah, but, and he said that that was like really the only returning yeah, player. But that everybody had else minutes. is new, yeah. so it's a team that's got close in nine six eight. That's still kind of kind of finding its way, and I mean, yeah, it's led to a pretty difficult start. But um, but nevertheless, though, again, they've been in all these games. Um, so yeah, as listen, as we sit here right now, creeping up on the midpoint, I mean. That, that four seed is going to be probably the most entertaining subplot of this district, and yeah, I just haven't seen anything that's kind of hints in one way or another. Because I mean, even though East has it right now, technically I'm not sold, and no more than I am on Plano or Boyd or even West. Again, with how competitive they've been, so yeah, I don't know. Nine six A has been all sorts of insanity, and then um, to close this out, over in District Six Six A, um, it's kind of materializing where you're starting to see like Louisville, Capel, and Flyer Mound are the top three teams in the district. Um, you know, I thought Hebron had a chance to be in that. Mix and then their leading scorer Logan McLaughlin. He's missed the last few games, and they've um they've got a lot of depth, a lot of guys that are capable of uh, of getting buckets. But I mean, when you without McLaughlin, that's eighteen to twenty points out there without, and there just isn't a, a, a somebody waiting in the wings that can pick up that level of scoring slack. So they've um you know they've fallen on hard times to begin district play. The team though that is kind of a uh, I think surprised is um as far as who's in the mix now for that four seed is Marcus, a team which, again, like Marcus, you think of, I mean, Marcus has traditionally been a pretty strong program, but they were just such a tough team to get a read on heading into the district schedule, and then coupled with some of the the rise that MacArthur had and the the hot streak they were on entering district play, it just just felt like MacArthur, not MacArthur, but Marcus was kind of going to be on the outside looking in, and then they turn around and they beat MacArthur by 17 (laughs) earlier in the week, Um, and that's on top of, you know, beating uh, beating Hebron by 14 in their, uh, I believe, in their district 
district opener. So Marcus is all of a sudden now two and two in district. Now they haven't really put much of a scare in, you know, in Capel and uh, in Flyerman when they saw them, and then they play Louisville on Friday. So um, there might be a bit of a line of demarcation there between three and four. But nevertheless, though, for Marcus, that's really really impressive that they've been able to kind of right the ship and work themselves into potentially making the playoffs now. Um, and I got to see them a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't necessarily the best gauge on what they're capable of. It was against Capel when they lost by 24, and we're already down by a million there in the first half. Um, but that's still, I mean, there's still a lot of promise there. They've got a nice kind of a like a three-man core that night to night has been really, really uh, reliable for them with Kale Martens, their other uh, big man. Nick Donnelly's done some really good stuff for them, as has Josh Condon. And, I mean, they were able to really uh, kind of limit the, uh, the firepower that MacArthur had. Um, only four players scored for MacArthur in that game versus, I think, like nine or ten for, uh, you know, for Marcus. So, you know, Marcus is, again, like, they've won the games that they have to win. And they're only two and two. And I think technically they're behind MacArthur in the standings, but that's just because of the way that the schedules are structured, you know, once Marcus plays Louisville tomorrow, then next week is when they face Nimitz and Irving, two teams that they should take care of, um, you know, take care of on paper. So then you could very well be looking at this team, you know, form holds four and three, and then in sole possession of fourth place at the midpoint. Well, that, that which, they're like a different type of crazy than Nazis. Yeah, yeah, which I mean, I, I did not see. I did not see that coming. So yeah, fair play to Marcus for winning the games that they've had to, because again, like it's not, it doesn't matter if you take care of those top three teams. Those teams are the expected top three, no matter what they beat you by it's you just got to beat Hebert and MacArthur and they've already got a leg up for tiebreaker's sake so yeah I mean they've at least put themselves in position to where they kind of control their destiny now going forward which is really really that's encouraging that's um, let's see was there anything else anybody wanted to throw out there or are we uh, the biggest surprise we haven't talked about it go for it the only undefeated team left in our coverage area <laughs> that's right <laughs> did anyone expect Newman Smith to be one of the best thought, in the state. Last year's juniors, no, that, 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 that doesn't surprise me because last year the only reason they lost to North is because Brandon Frazier is that guy, even though he's not a hooper. Mm-hmm. They had no answer for him. He had three mm-hmm. highlight reel dunks in the eighteen twelve game, and in the overtime he he blocked three shots. But that junior core could go. I don't know the guard name. I don't want to get my man's name mixed up. Jaren Cook. Kid's, that kid can play. Jaren Cook. He he be cooking. He got a good yeah. shot. He I'm just looking at their box scores. He's yeah, well. He's averaging over 17 points a game. Yeah, just he had like 20 in that playoff yeah. game against North. He can flat out play. So no, mm-hmm. I, I actually saw them their last game last mm-hmm. year, and you can tell. Oh, we coming back next year strong. So I'm not surprised by that. I haven't seen them play this year, but they have to just use in common sense. They naturally improved. So yeah, but I was impressed with them last year. For it to they be, they went 3D last year. That was in the, yeah. that was to get the regionals before they got be in the regional final by your team, Lone Star. Mm-hmm. But just to be, you know, January 16th, and now we're almost mm-hmm. to the midpoint of district, and for them to not have lost a game yet, I mean, they still have, you know, games against Highland Park left, and I believe they play Highland Park at HP on Tuesday. Um, you know, if they're able to clear that hurdle, then you can begin kind of talking about, you know, could they essentially run the table yeah. for the regular it'll season? They're going to be a tough out in the, in the and, 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 what, and what region are they in? They're region one. Are they in Region One? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's so, what I was asking because they so they avoid. They're not in the Lancaster region. Yes, because that's yes, that is a fair uh, <laughs> that is a fair way to rain on anybody's parade if you're going to be seeing Lancaster at the regional tournament. And they they beat some good teams. It's not like oh the, yeah they have an easy district. You get some of those DISD schools, but you know they've beaten a lot of teams from our cover, coverage area that might make the playoffs. On top of a good Denton Ryan team that's you know beaten some of our teams, McKinney North, Preston Wood, Frisco Reedy might make the playoffs in my district. They beat them pretty good. 
Uh, when I say Hebrew, and, they went three. They, they went three deep last year, so that's why I don't. Yeah, and actually, wait a minute, guys. I have bad news. They actually are in region two. It's just eleven five A. So yeah, they are in the uh, they are in the Lancaster region. So uh, R.I.P. Just be, uh, yeah, yeah. That, no, that, 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 that's what they can't make. We were, think, we were thinking yes. of football. We were thinking in football. Yeah, because if they play North and Lone Star, but in the they're going to be on the other side. It depends on how it matches. For sure, yeah, it depends. Yeah, where the one seed in eleven five A is relative to the the one seed in what was thirteen five A. Yeah, so. So yeah, that kind of takes a little bit of wind out of the sails. Way to go, Devin! That is injecting a little bit of reality into the mix, though, because yeah, Lancaster is—they're uh, on a mission this year. But nevertheless, so, yeah, there'll be a Devi down. That's still yeah. a Devi down. Well, we skipped right over my district, so I just had to throw Lancaster out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's—but that would be wild, though. And you wonder, though, like what kind of effect that is having, though, on the players with that team, because like it is pretty rare to be undefeated at this juncture of the season. And is that kind of in the back of their heads when they go out in these games? And because you almost wonder, like, I don't know if it's maybe for the sake of kind of getting a, if there's a sort of an emotional weight that can compound with each win as you build up and build up, you get closer to the playoffs. And I mean, if it almost might be, I don't want to say like a, you know, maybe for the for the better, just to, just to get it over with and get a loss mm-hmm. out of your system and whatnot. Just because going undefeated, you know, just this late in the season, like it's that's tough. That's a tall order to ask, and we'll see. Again, they, uh, you know, Highland Park was actually projected to win this district at the start of the year, so you know, we'll uh, we'll see what it all means on Tuesday. But yes, Newman Smith at this point, and they're what number nine right now. Number in the eight. Number eight yeah. in 5A, according to the TABC. One of, I believe, only like four or five teams that are uh, ranked across the entire state are still undefeated at this point. And uh, once you know, man, Newman Smith Trojans are one of them. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's a look at uh, definitely, yes, one of the bigger surprises in our coverage area. And just some things in general um, across the boys' basketball landscape that have uh, surprised us up to this juncture of the season. And, um, yeah, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to, I guess, start looking at kind of our, uh, our mid district uh, recaps as far as where things are at on the uh, on the girls basketball slate as they uh, wrap up the first half of district play on Friday for most of our districts that is and um, yeah till we get to that point folks enjoy the rest of your week and we will talk to you all later looking to hire top talent in your community look no further than starlocaljobs.com our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.